Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Yeah, get it on. Got to get it on. No choice but get on mandate. Get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend about CarCast. We love you. We love the cars, right, uh, Matt, the motorator, DeAndre? Yeah. Um, we are, uh, as you hear this, we are in uh, Road Atlanta. We're doing uh, the MIDI. MIDI is an exciting, big um, vintage event. Probably, probably the second or third biggest one uh, out here in North America. So uh, we'll uh, we'll be excited about. Uh, getting out there, running that track, and uh, bringing the 610 out there in the road circuit. And so if you're listening to this and you're out uh, that way, and then you come by and uh, say hi. Yeah, mm-hmm. it should be fun. We'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning? Sunday, yeah, Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. I was trying to uh, find something about my run group. Um, they never really post things, but you can go and look in last year's run groups or whatever. Yeah. There are 56 cars in my run group uh, last wow. last time. I think they, they basically just threw a lot of different cars in yeah. that uh, run group. Now, Well, the cars are little. I don't know what they're doing <laughs> this year. Max Patty, you can look up uh, run group three, whatever. It's always kind of weird because they'll go schedule and this, that, and the other, but they – that there's nothing on the website where you can find you can find when the run groups go off, but you can't find who's in the run group or what's yeah. meaning like what cars are in the run group. Yeah, like who registered, how many people are going to be in it. Obviously, maybe somebody doesn't show up or something, so you give or take one. But, but it'd be nice to, to be like, hey, here's here's a kind of a list. But you want to know if you're running with five tens and naturally aspirated nine elevens. And some Lotuses, are you running up with Jags and, and like 944s yeah. and stuff like that? So there's racer track confidentiality. I was, uh, I, was tell you. I was looking at it last year and they just had all these crazy cars all just dumped in with the 510s and the, and everything else, which then meant we would be on the, on the slower side of that equation. Are you 3A or 3B? Do you know? Ooh. I didn't even get the, the <laughs> A know, and the B. Know. Now you got to find out. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, a good question, Chris. Find out. 3A probably. Well, you tell me what's in 3A and what's in 3B. And then it started to dawn on me that, well, this is a Nissan sponsored, you know, Nissan's kind of the mark. Yeah. So what they do, if it's Ferrari's the mark or Corvette's what the, what the mark or the brand or whatever their model, they'll have like an all Corvette race or an all Ferrari right. or, or they'll, like you said, they'll 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 allow some of the extra cars to go in different classes and kind of skirt the class, so they can get all these cars out there. And you know, if there's 50 cars in one group and 39 in the other, then maybe they can find a way to get a couple cars to kind of equal it out. There's like a little bit. This of- is going to go against my groundlings training, but no. <laughs> or what are you talking about? They they'd go well, if, if Ferrari's for, for the example- mark, they'd have that all Ferrari race. Is right, what I'm but, saying, but. The featured mark wants to get as many of their branded cars out there. Well, so, they do want to get as many, but they're not going to have more than 55. No, but it's not going to Ferraris. just be all of their cars. Like you're saying, yeah, there's an all Ferrari race at a Ferrari marked event, but there's other people as well. So where do you No, there's an all Ferrari race. 
and then there are other races. Okay. You're making it sound like there's no Ferraris in the other races. Um, oh, that, that's a good point. The, they'll, they'll be an all-Ferrari race that's in, like, you know, this, this group to that group. And then the other ones will be, if you have a Ferrari, trying to think of how they did. Like, if you have a Ferrari from the 50s or something, it will run in the other group. Right. That's true. Right. And, but they will still have, like, an all-Ferrari race from 1962 to 1967, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it would it would seem that Nissan would have, like, an all-B sedan. You know, f- they're kind of sweet. What Mark is, like, Z- 240Z, 510, you know, that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that group. You'd think there'd be, like, an all-B sedan for our uh, Datsun. Yeah. <laughs> I wish it was Ferrari. Uh, race. But yeah, you're right, and but, I don't. I don't know if in Monterey they're doing that either. I don't know if they're going to have like an all Datsun or Nissan race because um, the discussions we've had with them so far, and I know they're just planning it. But you know, uh, Nissan is the featured market Monterey as well, and they're getting as many cars out there as possible. Yeah, well, but they. I, have, I don't know if they're going to have like an all. Yeah, they'll. I, I've seen it with Corvettes. I've seen yeah. it with certain years Ferrari. But anyway. What's that in right. the B? So 3A is vintage historic production, et cetera. Actually, both both uh, 3A and 3B are, but 3A is, uh, excuse my, if, if I'm saying this wrong, but HP6 through HP8, S4, HPC, MP3. And then uh, 3B is... I don't know any of that. I don't know what oh, any of those no. are. <laughs> MP3 is a file, right? Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, that's like the H- only one I knew. HP6 is an oil. I think we run that. It's the driven. Yeah. Area. Yeah, they're all they're all just codes. Like, I, I don't know. H- then group 3B is HP5. Do H- they have any of the cars that are in the groups? No. But There's no it, run oh, well, groups? This is, no. this is the uh, the schedule you have to download, but on the website, they just have group 3, vintage historic production category, and then uh, production cars from the middle are, 60s. Are group A and group B running? What What are their times? They're back. To, they're all back to back. So three A, like on Friday, qualifying. Three A is at eight a.m. and three B is at eight twenty-five. And all right, so now we need to figure out which one we're in. Yeah, you know it's going to be that goddamn eight a.m. one. Of course. Yeah, too early for us. <laughs> all right, whichever one it is, we're gonna. I hate. To, I don't want to jinx it, but it's always like. I thought you said it was the eight twenty group, and it's the eight group, and <laughs> or we or, shall try to we shall try to like, figure I it out. I thought it was the eight twenty, and then you're like, "Well, you're late." We shall try to <laughs> yeah, figure it we out. Need a, we need to. All right, so uh, eight a.m. <laughs> yeah, eight a.m. Early Friday, early Saturday. Yeah. Now, now here's how I normally roll. Normally, the way I roll is, uh, well, screw that eight a.m. run. Yeah, because we're at Laguna Seca. I know the track well. I know yeah. the car well, and uh, we'll just show up for the eleven thirty one. We we'll get a little sleep, a little coffee in us. Yeah, well, I got you because the eight a.m. run is actually five a.m. for us. Right, but <laughs> uh, I don't. Uh, I don't. I've never driven on this track, so I might like to not not get up that early. But I I would take that eight a.m practice time and literally just put put around that track yeah just, just learn to corner just kind of uh, elevations kinda figure find, out what's going on find out what's going on have a bunch of guys buzzing past me the whole time and me pointing right and left and, yeah. and just kind of literally playing go, awesome go around that track <laughs> a few times and then by eleven thirty run or whatever the next one is you could you could start to pick it up a little bit now 
I'd be fine with, you know, we're going to get in late Thursday night, yeah. then it's going to be an early call and all that, and I'd be fine with sleeping in and just making the 1131, but then that learning curve would just get pushed yeah. to that one. We can still toggle with that idea. It'd be nice if it was the 825 one. Like, yeah, there's, it doesn't say anywhere on the internet which one you're on. I don't know, maybe. So what we said, emails. come out to the track and, and say hi to us, we probably meant midday. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. They should have that <laughs> stuff, Maxipad. It's got to be posted somewhere at some time, right? I mean, they got to, some point, you're going to need a sheet with your with the cars on it. Maybe at that driver's meeting. When's that? No, that thing's not till like noon. So yeah, that's what I thought that. too. So I was, I was yeah. looking at that, going maybe the driver's meeting's at if uh, after some practices. If uh, Max Pata, yes. If you tell Matt Fondelier to shoot Dave Stone an email and ask him where we can find the run groups, or if we're in run group A or run group B, or what he knows, he's pretty good at figuring that stuff out. Okay. Seems to be on top of things. Good guy. I like that guy. All right. So uh, we're at the Porsche event. Yeah. What's that thing called? Lufka Cult. Lufka Cult. Lufka Cult. And that's the uh, air-powered event. Air-cooled. Powered by air. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Air's uh, involved for sure. uh, We found your group. Kalen found it on uh, online there. It's 8 o'clock. Good job, Kalen. It's not good. (laughs) It's 3A. I knew it. Who's in that group? How many cars are in that group? Just uh, you. There's a lot. Uh, yeah, let me. I got to count them all. Okay. What are the cars? This is my funnest part when Chris Maxipata or uh, Matt Fondelier. Well, we've both here. Let's let's to go. <laughs> it's a Lotus twenty six er. They're not retarded. No, no, uh, no. They can yeah. read. <laughs> uh, this is off the top of my head. You got a sixty eight Datsun SRL 311, 1948 CC. Uh, 70, 1970 Datsun 510. Yep. Uh, 74 Opel Cadet, BMW 2002, mm-hmm. Datsun 240Z, mm-hmm. uh, Porsche 911S. What Datsun, year? Does it say what year? Uh, that was 69. All right. Good. 71 Datsun 510, 89 Nissan D21 Hardbody. Uh, hold on. 89. Nissan? I yep. like I like the hard body part. Yeah, D twenty one hard body, twenty four hundred cc. Can't say I'm uh, familiar with that. Should be out front. He's driving eighty nine. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. It was a it was a, a missions mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he'll be the only one in the eighties. Um, seventy three Datsun five ten, a seventy three Datsun six ten. That's you, Adam. Seventy one Datsun two forty z, seventy Datsun two forty z, seventy one Datsun two forty z. Uh, yeah, there's probably like another 40, 40 cars. You want to keep going? No. Okay. So that's it. What is in the B group? Just in case I can get pissed off about this. <laughs> All right. You got a 75 VW Rabbit, uh-huh. 73 Porsche 911 S, 70 Porsche 914, 64 Lotus 23B, uh, 97 Toyota WSR, 95 right. Toyota. Yeah. That's, yeah. A weird, that's a weird group. That's a weird group. I don't like that group. But I still like it because it starts 25 minutes later. I was going to say, see if that group will start at 8. <laughs> yeah, Email tell, everyone on Throw my list. weight around. <laughs> so uh, I'm sort of right. We're going to have a whole bunch of Datsuns in, in yeah. my race. And the guys with the uh, Z cars probably will 
should be a little quicker and up front because they still sh- have some good horsepower. Those guys, some of those straight the sixes. Don't give it away yet. Some of the straight sixes are making pretty good. I'm curious for that 89 hard. I'm the 89. What's an 89 hard body? What is that? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, we'll look that one up. Feels <laughs> tube framey to me. Yeah. All right. It's so uh, car. Claudio Burton. Now, now who's Claudio Burton? Claudio <laughs> is the guy who runs the team who owns the Trans Am cars. Uh, one of which I drove at Willow Springs about a year ago, and it was Claudio who. Uh, coached me and helped me and uh was talking into the microphone into the into the speakers uh, you know into the radio system and telling me what to do out Very on the calm. track and all that kind of stuff a calming presence he's now yeah. out here doing doing the race doing fontana coming up i'll tell you uh first about uh butcher box they deliver healthy 100 percent grass-fed and finished beef Free-range organic chicken and heritage-bred pork directly to your door on a monthly basis. Guess who had this steak last night? I was going to say, if I get pork delivered to my door. (laughs) Me and Sonny had this last night for dinner. And let me tell you what I'm in love with. Who cooked it? I had, Olga. I had the chicken. Yeah. Lynette made the chicken on Sunday night. Okay. The chicken was great. I had the, the beef. And the one I'm looking forward to... Start thawing it tonight. Heritage breed pork. Yeah. And people say, what is the heritage breed? And I asked the guys at uh, Butcher Box, I said, what is that? And they said, you know how pork got really white and really dry and really unflavorful? And I was like, yeah. Because when I was a kid, I didn't eat pork chops in my house because they were enjoyable and they cost money and all the things we couldn't do. Yeah. But like Chris Bohm's mom would make pork chops. I go to her house and eat pork chops. It's the greatest yeah, thing yeah. ever. It was a pork chop. Had fat on it. It was marble. Yeah. It's flavored. He said, well, then they turned it into the other white meat. That's they right. They tried to go against chicken back in the 80s and 90s when fat was a bad thing. They bred the out all the everywhere. They bred out all the fat. And then it got dry and crappy. And I'm like, you're right. I don't like pork anymore. What happened to pork? <laughs> Heritage breed pork. Heritage bred pork. Yeah. That's the old school pork that you remember. The good stuff. The good stuff. All right. Anyway, everything's humanely raised. You're never given antibiotics or hormones. Stuff is unbelievable. They have an offer. Ten bucks off and free bacon by going to butcherbox.com using the discount code ADAM plus free shipping anywhere in the uh, 48 states no commitment cancel anytime just great stuff healthy stuff you taste the difference it's it's the best free Had bacon is always night. a good idea and free bacon <laughs> it's is always never a bad good idea, idea. <laughs> so we went to uh the uh Porsche event down mm. at a huge lumberyard on the west side on Sunday that was pretty amazing right yeah yeah, I posted beers, some pictures around. and people were like, are you at a Porsche show at a Home Depot? I was like, no, we're at the most amazing lumber yard I've ever seen. <laughs> I uh, That place was badass and it smells good. Pardon the pun, man. I had a lot of wood going on there because there was wood. <laughs> the cars were displayed. Everything looks, I thought your head was going to explode. Everything is, everything's <laughs> exciting. I, I still... Uh, you know, there's a lot, lot to look at. But it was the combination of construction and cars in one place i didn't did we see any official singers out there i don't remember seeing any singer cars out there not official no 
and then uh, there was a couple of there was like a couple of nine thirty fives, but they were the full like tube frame nine thirty fives, and to me they just they miss a little the essence of the non tube frame nine nine thirty fives. But it was uh, it was good stuff. We talked to a lot of guys, and uh, you know, look, go out and frequent these things. There's stuff yeah. popping up more and more often. And uh, they're in your neighborhood, and take your kid, take your buddy, and go go have a beer and check it out. I posted a bunch of photos on my Instagram, all that Motorator. You can find it and scroll through a handful of them, and you'll see them. They're all over my social media. There's, there's all right. Uh, why don't you uh, give a little love to uh, one of your yeah. sponsors? We'll bring Claudio in here, and we'll talk all about uh, racing with Claudio Burton. I also yeah. saw Claudio when me and Dennis Prager – we're out in Atlanta a uh, few few months back. Well, we're getting ready for racing, so let's talk about Castrol Edge, designed for consumers who demand the best performance from their cars. The tech advances have made engines smaller, more powerful, and efficient. So engines today produce pressure up to 10 tons per square centimeter. I, it seems like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing stopping metal-to-metal contact is a thin layer of oil. So the oil needs to be strong and remain strong. Castrol Edge is formulated with fluid titanium technology, three times stronger against viscosity breakdown than the leading full synthetic. All right. Claudio Burton, our old friend Claudio, is here. He's uh, from Burton Racing. He's a team owner. He's a team driver. Competed in uh, seven consecutive Daytona 24-hour events. Uh, he's uh, been driving Trans Am. He debuted in his Trans Am series in uh, 1993. He's been there. He's done that. And uh, his uh, his company, one of his companies, is uh, Go Share Co. And uh, you can uh, check out whatever you need to know at BurtonRacing.com. Oh, pull the mic right up uh, toward you there, uh, Claudio, or tilt it down or whatever. Good I to see you. Know. I think I got it. We got you it. got it. We got it. Good to see you again. It's good seeing you. Great to be back. Yes. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to, literally to uh, your home state the uh, day you're coming out to our home state. Yeah, we're trading coast there. Yeah. Who planned that one? Jeez. I don't know. Who sets these schedules? Uh, yeah. So Road Atlanta must be your home track, right? Yep, it sure is. What do you need? Uh, what do I need to know about Road Atlanta? You just got to be real careful going down the hill. Just drive that about ninety percent when before you take the flag there on, on the front straight. So uh, there's that going down the hill, that big sweep and right turn. That's that big sweeper. Yep, coming down. Uh, you know, it's it's a very fast corner, and and anytime you're going down the hill, people don't realize you know that gravity is kind of working against you, kind of loosening the car up. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just you know the weight's on the front end, and it just. You know, it's a balance. Then you go uphill and turn one, and, you you know, you're climbing the hill. So all the way it goes to the back, and the car wants to kind of push. So Right. Just you, down the hill, you got to be careful. It's the spot usually that, you know, can catch you out. Uh, and other than that, it uh, seems pretty straightforward. It seems like a lot of elevation change in that track from the bottom of the hill to sort of the back part of the track where it's way up there. Yeah, it's all built on a hill. So, you know, you're going up and down hills, and you don't realize it until you kind of, you know, drive out there in a the streetcar or walk around it how, how the elevation is changing. Yeah. And even some banking you have on a turn six, you know, it's, it's deceivingly faster because of the banking that's in that corner. I don't recall. How far is the track? It's how two. I was told it was 2.54 
miles. Out. So it's it's the same as uh, I, I I think it's about the same as Willow Springs, which is about yeah, 2. yeah right 5 at two and, and a half. Yeah, right, yeah, right at two and a half, and about the same kind of speeds i mean seems like a fast track gearing is just about the same yeah so the the top speeds are uh, the only difference you know you get a little slower hairpin there in in the back uh turn seven at willow you're talking at, about at, at atlanta oh atlanta so you're gonna you actually you know it's it's kind of in between but you can run first gear in the back where at willow you're really you know second to fifth and yeah so you guys are getting ready to uh, run at Fontana. Fontana does the straight, does the bank, and then come puts you out down onto the the onto, combination onto of, the of oval and infield. For yeah, your, for your referred race, right? to as the rovals. So, uh, <laughs> how long is that track? Somebody should tell me. I'd be curious because uh, I've driven there quite a bit. It's fun. But there's so many configurations. You'd have to find. No, I don't. I don't think there are that many. I. I I think this part will be the same. Although I don't know, you can you can look it up. You 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 go down the straight, you go around the bank, you come off the bank, and then you have to get down real f- fast because it's a it's a good sharp left followed yeah. by right, and you're really going from pretty much flat out to I got to get way down in speed to to hit this corner. You're taking the uh, vet. Or what are we driving? The Camaro. No, uh, Camaro. Uh, yeah, we've we've uh, we've gone to the Camaro for 2018, so we've got two Camaros now. And uh, Tommy Dries is driving. Yeah, we got Tommy Hollywood Drissy driving the car this weekend. <laughs> I, I saw him in Long Beach. He's running vintage Trans Am, and for the life of me, I don't know what happened there because he was racing Trans Am, and uh, and they kept saying he's he's on the pole, he's on the podium, he's going to get third. And then when they showed everybody standing up there popping champagne, he wasn't up there. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to talk to him exactly on that. What <laughs> but happened? you don't know it, Tommy. He could have just not shown up. Yeah. He could have been could have been uh, black flagged for something, or maybe he pushed somebody off the podium, or <laughs> <laughs> punch somebody off the he podium. Punch somebody off the podium. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, driving in that uh, that Corvette, your Corvette, in a in a real Trans Am race was really just a thrill of a lifetime for me. They're unique cars, you know. It's it's uh, without any of the driver aids and that kind of stuff. They they really are a showcase driving, and you did a great job, you know. A little bit of cold tires on one lap, I think, kind of humbled you a little bit. What these things can do, but <laughs> that never comes up. On this show. <laughs> it, it, uh, they're very they're they're very responsive engines. Yeah, uh, they really. You give them a little, you give them a little blip on the throttle, and it's right up on the pipe, like fast. Yeah, they, they uh, they're real, you know, aspirated engine like we have, and they're high compression. They're, you know, these things are like close fourteen to one, or you know, so very very responsive. Well, you gotta, I mean, if you're getting, as somebody said, about eight hundred and fifty horsepower out of these engines, I don't know what the displacement is. Um, the rules allow us to go to three sixty six, so we actually run crazy crankshaft. Mm-hmm. That gives us just a itty bit more stroke than a NASCAR 358 engine mm-hmm. to use those last seven eight cubes that were allowed. Right. So you got a small block at 366. You have no turbo, no supercharger, but you're getting 850 horsepower out of a out of yeah. a small block naturally aspirated. So the compression has to be through the yeah, roof. Yeah. So the other thing too makes them accelerate so well is the the reciprocating weights of everything. You know we we. The crankshafts are super light. The rods are super light. The whole valve trim is titanium. 
So it's just, uh, you know, they, they just spin real quick, real, you know, freely. Yeah. And what that, kind of RPM do you guys run in those motors? Well, we're limited, you know, by the rules at 8,600. So we have some engines that, you know, will go right to that, that you'll shift right at 8,600, and others that'll be a little more torque designed, and you'll shift a little bit less, maybe 82, 83. And you do that depending on where you're racing it? The the engine itself to maximize the torque curve and the horsepower and also the tracks, yeah, we're limited to, you know, the gearing for mm-hmm. a slower track or, you know, if the fastest track we visit is, you know, Daytona, and we're not supposed to tell anybody that, you know, we do go over uh, a, 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 a speed limit there that is the unspoken word that we're not supposed to at 200 miles an hour, but... Well, we'll Fonta- go ahead and leak it. Yeah. This, uh, coming up at Fontana, the speeds have to be pretty high. Yeah, I think we're geared Fontana uh, somewhere right around 185, 186. So right. that's uh, that's going to be scooting in that car. And, yeah, the, the you've never seen or you never maybe experienced uh, a V8 that revved like like as quickly as this V8 revs, which is it's it's weird for something in that configuration with that displacement to just be that quick yeah. on it. But that's the that's experience, and that's why I think you have to do – Get some heat into the tires, I would <laughs> recommend. And uh, feather that throttle coming around. <laughs> now, later on, the tires start to kind of go away a little bit toward the end of the race. And then when you come around that horseshoe at Willow Springs and you're coming out of that, coming down that hill, as we we're talking about down the hill, mm-hmm. you can't jump back on it. No. It's just it'll immediately just start sliding all over That's the place. That's where, like, like, ego conflicts with experience. You know, you got to really start to feel the car like, like Tom Cruise would have not. It really gets it, it gets fairly <laughs> greasy at a certain Tom at a certain Cruise, point. I've got I've got a crazy Tom Cruise story. <laughs> oh, let's hear one. Really. Well, I guess it started with uh, you know doing the color of money and and you know Newman and and all that kind of stuff, and he wanted to pursue some road racing. So I'm at Hopeville Raceway, which is Mexicali. I mean, in the middle of nowhere. And um, sure enough, here comes this, you know, beautiful 53-foot split axle, huge Budweiser, planters, peanuts, rig, and, and it's uh, cruise. You know, do, do a little regional race. Later just, 80s, mid or uh, later 80s? Right after, right after I think, those movies. I don't know the exact timelines. Yeah, but it would be like late 80s or yeah. early 90s maybe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, he, let's just say the talent level uh, – what was a little embarrassing to his team. So <laughs> I heard he was just like, I, I think it's like how he's wired, which is I am overly aggressive. But if you're overly aggressive, but the skills not there in a in a car, it's it's you're gonna have a yeah, hard time. He, he had a he had a he had a heck of a time. Uh, I think there was seven showroom A cars or so at that particular race, and let's say he was kind of uh, in the back of those seven showroom A cars and. And um, I ended up spinning two or three times and just kind of got called in. He had a really tough weekend. Well, let's talk about me in that case. <laughs> now, you must add some trepidation <laughs> letting uh, me, some comedian, drive drive your your. How much is your car worth? You uh, these things are going for about three hundred thousand replacement so, value. A little trepidation, maybe, perhaps. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, we just kind of did it on a whim. I, I think I think Matt asked me months in advance, like, "Hey, there's a, a Trans Am race and." You can go up to Willow Springs, and I don't know Willow Springs very well or like it too much. I haven't driven there in a race. 
But I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know it was going to be the, the top of the food chain, Trans Am. I thought maybe I'd get lucky and I'd get into like a, an Audi uh, R8 with like some paddle shifts yeah, and like a, a, little, stock a little traction Mustang control or, a, or know, something, kind of something like that. I didn't know we were going to get in the, the big scary car. So what were your... What was your thought process? Well, you know, I'd kind of, drink a lot. I, I kind of <laughs> followed you in, in seeing, you know, that you had won some of the celebrity races and the mm-hmm. pro-celebrity stuff. And that's not easy to do, you know. Those street courses, like Long Beach like that, you know, one little mistake and, and you know, you can you damage those cars severely. So, you know, if you survived the Long Beach Grand Prix and won, won some of those races, I figured, you know, Willow, there's pretty, you know, it's kind of desert out there. There's not right. a whole lot to hit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so Claudio was, uh, I think one of the first things he said was, do you got a, a radio in your helmet? And I said, no. But you could have included that in an email at some point <laughs> along this way because I don't, I don't, never use one. And then I realized, I think you took the radio out of your helmet and you put it in my helmet, but then you you can't hear anything when the race is going, right? Yeah, it's pretty hard if you don't have that working really well, and you know, like a really good set of earplugs that are uh, molded. You, it, these cars are so loud; it's just you can't hear. And the gearbox is just even louder than the engine sometimes. Yeah, but the during the uh, yell, one of the yellow flags, uh, things would calm down, and then Claudio would just be yelling, "Catch up!" Catch up, catch up, catch up yeah. to the pack. Because I was just kind of cruising. I was doing the yellow flag. Ah, we're not yeah, racing yeah. anymore. Yeah, you got to drive those yellows like Mario. You know, real, right. real hard catch up. Yeah, no, it's it's true. The smart guys got an Adrian go, Brody that thing. Yeah, well, Adrian Brody would pass people. <laughs> he blow by everybody. The yellow on the flag yellow. is don't pass people. But no, there's no rule about catching up to people. Yeah, no speed limit on that yellow. So. Right. So uh, there's uh, there's th- there's that one. Also, I've learned my lesson the hard way, too. There's the local yellow and the full course yellow. I've mistook the local for yeah. full course and had that problem before, too, where you just kind of get off it, and it's only for that corner. Yeah, that's something relatively new, too, you know, that uh, um, sometimes corner stations like that, and, and then you don't have uh, full course. So, I would argue that somebody should clarify that a little bit. You know, like have a yellow with a stripe in it or something that says, because, you know, they say when you see the yellow, you know, get off it and you do see the yellow and you get off it and then you come around the corner and you're sort of looking for the next flag station, like where what's happening. It's like, oh, there isn't. It's on. It's we're racing. But if they'd like you to bring it down a little, they should make a declaration between the full well, yellow before we the say there definitely yellow. isn't a definition, is there? Is there a different? How do you know? You, you, you don't you, know. Just the next corner station is going to be displaying another yellow. So if if it's not, then it's on. But you don't. Yeah, that's a weird you, way. You don't you necessarily gotta, know where the next. Yeah, I mean, you should know, but you, you don't know. always know. And then you're, you're, but you're, you're not really. You shouldn't be racing. They'd like you to stop racing momentarily. But what you're, what you, what you should do is stop at that one corner and get right back on it until you see something else. Right. That's that's what they. That's I mean, that second station could use a green flag and say, "Well, you're good from this point on." But th- I don't think the they're going to do that. First yellow <laughs> needs to let you know it's local. Yeah. Not some or versus full course. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. He all just right. waves the flag, yeah. does the L on his forehead. Something. Local. <laughs> yeah, although that usually means something <laughs> yeah, else. Yeah, it means something else. So, Claudio, um, uh, w- 
we uh, so again, Tommy. Tommy was driving uh, in the race I was in. Tommy won that race. The guy I was most interested in was the guy who came in second in one of your cars. Mm. That guy, I love that guy. Uh, was he Jim or John or something? Wall? Was it Richard, Wall? Richard, Richard, Richard Wall, Richard Wall, yeah, yeah Richard Wall. Chris, I like to run this guy down. I, I mean, not run him down. I like not to like find har- out this guy. Not in a harmful way. Uh, I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, he, he came out to do a vintage race. Yeah. He brought his Cobra like here. The car broke, and he was like, no good for the weekend. So he went walking around looking for another car to drive, and I guess he ran into your, your spare car. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, my, some of my mechanics had, uh, you know, had just kind of hung out with some of his guys the day before, and and it just when his car broke it all came together last second and you know we had brought a spare car um you know just in case <laughs> I, got, I guess now you just made the argument for bringing a spare car to every race is well you could yeah sell a ride in the spare car seat but i like the idea that the guy you know he was going racing that weekend by hook or by crook and when his car broke he he's found like, another i'm going to show up with my car and a checkbook just in case and I love uh, it. one way or another i'm going to race with one of these things yeah that was uh like i said I, I i don't know now how do you vet that guy I mean, what do you do? Do you go, hey, what do you, what's your history or what have well, you done? Or? That, that was just a total wild card, you know. We, we didn't uh, – then as I knew, learned more about him, you know, he had raced Trans Am in like the 70s. So he had been racing, you know, on and off his whole life and, um, you know, turned out, you know, to do pretty well. Yeah. yeah he I, did great. He did. I was I, – uh, I, I actually want to talk to you about um, some of your background as well. You're a scientist. Okay. And uh, But first, I'm going to tell you guys about Geico. Mm. You know, everybody's got a to-do list. You're dropping off dry cleaning. You're picking up some milk. You can add, save hundreds of dollars of car insurance to that list. You don't have to pick up or drop off anything. If you just go to geico.com, you can, and in 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to-do you can do today. Go to Geico.com. So uh, the science part, Claudio. Let's talk yeah. about that. All right. Um, <laughs> what do you want to know? So you you created Linex. Yeah, yeah. Years ago. Um, living out here, actually, in uh, Santa Ana, our family business was uh, polyurethanes. And... Um, just wanted to come up with a polyurethane that had no environmental implications mm-hmm. because of California and you know sure. OSHA and everything uh, out here constantly being on the edge of uh, compliance on on that kind of thing. And uh, 100% reactive synthetic rubber is basically what what it is. And, and nobody had really spray applied it and tied a name together with it with an application. Was your intention to get like into the aftermarket world? How did the product? No idea. Like, you created the product first, and then you said, "What right. are all the ways we can e- use this?" Exactly. So because we know it as like bedliner, but it's used everywhere. We've had Gail Banks come in; he's got it all over his house. He's got it on his roof. He's got it on the roof of his house, he's and I, it's he, he at the Pentagon, right? Isn't Lionex? Yes, that's on probably the walls, that's yeah. probably our our uh, you know. Uh, Kind of a whole lot of people don't know about it, but it's it's you know our our most important application ever. Um, you know when the Pentagon was hit uh, in nine eleven, the one wall where the plane hit was actually uh, had been blast hardened and already had been 
uh, secured. And we did uh, three out of the five wedge renovation sections uh, are sprayed with a similar product. It's not it's not what was used for bed liner, but substantially stronger. And there's a, a lot of Kevlar webbing that went together with it. Very interesting installation in the Pentagon. I was going to say, wow. at some point, you need a mesh or weave or, or something. And I think the the new world order is flexibility. You know, the right. stuff has to absorb and then come back, not be rigid. You know, the thing about, you know, earthquake. Cause like I used any to, crash zone in a car needs to yeah, absorb I, well, energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They start figuring that out with those crash, those walls. I had the scientists on from... Uh, God, where was he from? Indiana State or something like that. He he, he basically took those walls uh, that went around the NASCAR tracks and made them into the the the, the barriers that took the took the took yeah, the energy. Some sort of like and a safe, safety or... wall or whatever it is. And uh, they went from you know X amount. I, I I think it was something like they haven't had a death since Dale Earnhardt. Junior, or since Dale Earnhardt, it's yeah. ever since they started doing the absorbo wall. They just need something. Something's got to give when something else hits it, other than than the human. Yeah, that's exactly right. On the walls, it had to do, you know, with masonry being just so brittle. You right. Know, you have like you're, you're hitting it exactly the point. It's just there's no elongation of any kind. So what happens is that you know the Pentagon when it was built was built ahead of schedule and under budget. So wow! Imagine that. You know? <laughs> the only government project from, ever. from the greatest generation ever. So um, then, you know, when we sprayed it, what it does is it kind of turns it into safety glass. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we put an elastic coating that adheres so well that in the event of uh, you know a, a lot of air pressure, which is typically a bomb blast of some type, the walls uh, will will not fragment. It just the elasticity of the polymer bonds everything together. The uh, huh. what I used to do earthquake rehab work out here, and I can just tell you that everything masonry just falls apart. You know, it's just yeah. brittle, and everything that's two by fours with half inch ply shear wall nailed to it doesn't go anywhere. It just it flexes, it moves, it does everything. But all the chimneys just fall down immediately, and the wood frame houses are fine because they just have that give yeah. and that flex versus. The brittleness. Yeah, we of did masonry. a lot. Of, we did a lot of tests leading up to it with the Air Force, so it wasn't um, it wasn't something that we just you know went and, and did this installation and then you know we had to compete against everybody. We we're just a little itty bitty company, but we were really ahead on this particular type of technology. So um, you know we competed against you know the Dow Chemicals of the world uh, you know for this project, and you know we're awarded it through a uh, subcontractor which was called Masonry Arts. Um, is who we worked with, and uh, we put it in like from eight nine at night till you know seven eight in the morning. Is so it was kind of some tough work hours to do the. Installation. You need that for the temperature. They didn't want anybody to be around while we were doing it because the Pentagon was actually still being occupied. We were just spraying the exterior perimeter, interior wall. Uh huh. So uh, yeah, big hoppers, right, they, they part want, A, part B. Yeah, fifty five gallon it. barrels. You know uh -huh. of, of liquids. You know similar to like epoxies. That you have the A and B one to one kind of mix, but this particular polymer is considered a polyurea, 
Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's more suited for uh, field applications where you can run into moisture and different issues that would uh, uh, you know prevent some other types of urethanes from bonding. This stuff just does wonders over marginal surfaces. Uh, so that's where that was a family business, and uh, it's always good to start off with a family business and then go racing. <laughs> I found. <laughs> I wish my dad had a family business. Well, Any anyway, business. well, you know, it started from not a whole lot. You know, my dad came to this country from Argentina with seven dollars in his pocket when he got to Miami. So you know, it's a really good uh, story. Yeah, no, it's the it's the American way, and we love that story, and that's why we hate everyone bitching about uh the uh the haves and the have nots go out and work a little people yeah put in some weekends and some evenings see let's see if that doesn't change your <laughs> yeah, lot we put, a we put a lot of those in weekends evenings all-nighters you know yeah everyone i know who's successful doesn't really have a work schedule they just have work and that work may may happen almost everybody everyone i know is successful i will call them and say stuff like hey you want to do something Sunday night or whatever, and they go, I got to work. And it's like, that's Sunday night. Yeah. And that's that's early and often with a lot of guys uh, I know. So I, I wish uh, I wish the younger generation understood that. <laughs> Had a little bit of an ethic like uh, Claudio like Burton Claudio. Sr. did many years ago. What was uh, your father's first name or Carlos. what is it? Carlos. Carlos. Yeah, yeah. And Claudio. <laughs> so uh, what do you have in your car collection? I never asked. I don't know if you do. Uh, do you have some stuff? Yeah, I have. I have a, a, a little business concept that I'm playing with in uh, Georgia out there called Auto Playhouse, and I have about thirty different cars, but they're all just crazy eclectic Claudio cars. You know, like I have a Fiat collection that, like, kind of like you like Datsuns, I like Fiats. Mm-hmm. So I've got little 128 Fiats and X19s and. Uh, 124 Turbo Spider that was built in San Diego by Legend Industries. One out of 1,100 cars or so. The X19s, every once in a while, the people would put the big F1 snorkel up top on them because they're like a rear. Are you picturing an X19? No. We're going to find it uh, Little wedge Picture, shape. you know, your Alfa Romeo? Yeah. Picture like that car, but even shittier. Yeah. Like, okay. Even slower than your car. Like, uh, you, all right. You Stuff. guys could have a race. Oh, yeah, there it yeah. is. With there an X19. Go. I don't know who would win in a drag race. Your Alfa? What is your Alfa? What year is uh, that? I'm 90? a 91 Spider. This is that, early. That Alfa will get them. <laughs> I yes. don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know which one is. It is like, chipped. Yeah. I don't know what is a more gutless <laughs> two seater. The X one nine. I think must have like a one point three with yeah, yeah, yeah. ninety horsepower. Yeah, that's or exactly right. One point three up to seventy five, and then they got the whopping one point five after that. <laughs> wow! I got a two liter, but yeah. I got the cool looking with the overhead cams. Right, but still doesn't make any horsepower. No, but it doesn't all make I'm any saying horsepower. is, people. It's take, a momentum car. They take those X one nines. They put like a big snorkel, like the seventies F one cars in the back to like get it. Get hey, it back. Do what you do. Two horsepower. You know, two horsepower. Believe it or not, that crazy little car in SECA, some guys turned those into what were sea sports racers with that snorkel you're talking about and like what was a Dallara body kit. Mm-hmm. And then they put some, uh, you know, two liter, just, you know, out, uh, high compression, full race engines. But they raced them in what was crazy enough sea sports racer, which was for prototypes. Yeah, I, 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 there's no doubt the thing had the shape of something that you could get to go. 
and handle and brake and right. accelerate and all that kind of yeah. stuff. They just didn't when they showed up here. They did I, the. It's funny because somebody was just sending me some message on on social media, and he's like, "I bought some vehicle, and he's got the one liter Ford engine, the new one liter Ford, and it's making like a hundred and twenty something horsepower." Yeah. Uh, again, we we can remember when. The Honda 2000 had the two liter in it, and it had uh, 240 horsepower, and it had the most uh, horsepower per liter naturally aspirated. Then I think the Ferrari 360 came about with like a, I don't know, 3.6 or whatever the 360 is, and that thing was making 388 or something or whatever it is, and it it just beat it by a a, a little bit. But uh, a buck 20 a liter is. Is good damn, uh, you know, and, and that engine is only one liter. It's the size of a mini bike engine, basically. And it's just it's making pretty good power. That is good horsepower. All oh, right. Oh, the uh, the four fifty eight Italia was the one. Yeah, that's the one that just uh, that just beat out the S two thousand in horsepower per liter record. What about the three sixty Stradale? See if that thing beat it out. I have a memory for that. Yeah, I. I'm, I'm with you on that one. All right. Let me tell you about uh, Susie Ormond. She's got a podcast, Women and Money, and that's every wow. Thursday on Podcast One. And you can check that out and give it a nice rate and review. I'm coming up in uh, Cleveland, Agora Theater, and then uh, Detroit Royal Oak Theater. That's May 17th and uh, 18th. That'll be uh, stand-up shows, Portland stand-up shows coming up Uh Burbank uh, coming up on the 14th. Me and uh, Kimmel going to be up on stage over there. I'll give you more details on that. The Moore Theater in Seattle, September 13th. That'll be a live podcast. Live shows everywhere and all the uh, stuff coming up, like we said, the uh, MIDI and all that. Uh, the that San Marino Motor Classic, June 10th out here. We're going to have a whole bunch of cars there. Yeah, That'll and let's, uh, let's uh, have people come out to uh, Fontana. What are we calling that raceway these days? Are we calling Auto it Club Speedway. Auto Club Speedway. Auto Club Speedway. Uh, you can watch uh, Tommy Dreesy and uh, Claudio Burton out there leading the pack, as uh, I bet they will be. That's uh, coming up. Uh, well, I guess right the now. race will be right now, today, and uh, yeah, Sunday, Sunday at well. one. Sunday at one, and they'll be qualifying and all that, all that good stuff. Tell Tommy to get a little heat in those tires before he gets on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he gets on the right sure. foot. So he slide around just a little bit. Not in his tire. head, though. Not heat in his head. Just not in the tires. That's we like the rule at the out. house. Rule number one. <laughs> right, get a little heat in those tires. Yeah. Get some heat in those tires. Rule number one with these things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the tires are no good at the very beginning, and they're no good for about the last quarter of the race, as far as I could, <laughs> well, I could tell. Realize, Sweet too, on, on you went in the middle, Adam. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> on those outlap, you know, is that, and especially with a new set, you know, you, you think, wow, I got sticker tires on. But that first lap, those things are literally on ice. You know, you've got the parting agent that the thing came out with, they, they've do not to get work. out of the mold. Yeah, right. to yeah. get it out of the mold. Yeah, they're not don't realize even, that. They're yeah. not even, it's not that they're not hot or not sticky, and they're not hot and they're not sticky, but there's a whole bunch of talcum powder and crap on them, too. <laughs> so it's really a bad idea in that first, uh, yeah, you know, first, first lap to, uh, and all I did was go, oh, I'm just going to flip the throttle a little bit coming up the thing, and yeah. This only takes a little bit. Lesson learned, everybody. I learned my lesson. All right. Uh, you can uh, hit up Claudio if you like. Uh, the website, BurtonRacing.com, and find out where he's going to be. And you can also check out Go Share Co. as uh, well. 
if you if you like. And uh, good guy, good team, good fun, good racing. And uh, what else can we say? Until next time, this is Adam Kroll for Claudio Burton and Matt the Motorator, DeAndrea, saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. CarCast Show.